Welcome to the Vineyard this morning. We're glad to have you with us here in the facility. And to those of you joining us online, welcome. Welcome. So glad to have you here on uh, it's a lovely Sunday morning here. Hope it is wherever you are. I know we have people watching us from all over the country and all over the world. So I uh, hope it's nice there as well. We are going to start a brand new series today. Uh, we're calling it Are You Ready? And uh, if you've been kind of hanging out here the last few months, I've, I've felt like the Lord has been saying to get ready. Uh, and I'm not sure exactly all that that means, but we've been trying to do that. And we're getting ready in lots of ways. We've been working hard on the facility. We've been making sure all of our, uh, you know, like we always do, but our messages are themed in to get us ready and get you into the Word and encouraging you to read your Bibles. And we're getting ready to do some big outreach projects. And we got all kinds of stuff happening. So um, I thought this would be a good time to do this series. And call it, Are You Ready? To make sure, uh, of course, with every series comes a new wristband out there in the back, if you want one. I, I just like a wristband. It reminds me the whole time we're doing the series what I'm talking about, because otherwise I forget. And um, <laughs> put it on every day. I remember. It's all good. Ultimately, this series is about our hope. And we're going we're gonna to really press into hope again. Um, because as a believer, you have to be aware of the hope that you have in Christ and what it means. And the, the, you know, the story that we talk about uh, and, and Revelation 21, when heaven comes to earth, new heaven comes to earth, and the things are renewed and restored. And that I think the, the idea of eternity has been undersold to a lot of us because the idea that some people have is we just kind of drift off and we'll be hanging out in a cloud. And that's not it. The, the story is what happens is Jesus comes back, uh, earth is recreated, renewed, and we go back to the way it was supposed to be before the fall. And what you have is restored life um, with Jesus walking with us, with amazing vocation, partnering with him all over the planet and, and, and just enjoying this planet the way it was supposed to be before the fall and uh, new physical bodies. It's a huge deal. And, and I always tease at this point, as you get older, it'll be even more huge to you. All right. So if you're younger and you can like, so what? Trust me, when you're 60, you're like, yes. Yes. That no more pain becomes a big plus. <laughs> but but see, because if, if that's not the end result, what happens is somehow the enemy won on the planet and he doesn't. I promise. It gets back to where it's supposed to be. And it's going to be like you. And this is the hope that Paul often talks about. This is the hope. This is why you get through things, because everything in Christ is changed. He's the firstborn. He starts new creation. You are now, in effect, small models of new creation working this thing out. And everything is different. And so we have to be walking in that. And so you need to know the whole story. And so as part of this series, we'll get back into the story again, because I want to keep the whole story in front of you. Because if you don't get the whole story, what will happen is the enemy will change your narrative he'll rewrite it and you'll get stuck in a little weird story where there's no life and so we got to know the whole story and we'll keep that in front of you and it'll keep the hope that we have so that's what we're heading towards bad jokes unfortunately there's this detour before we can get going i guess these were quite bad i like them what do you call a beehive without an exit unbelievable Awesome. A woman was arrested for attacking her husband with his guitar collection. And at the arraignment, the judge asked her, first offender? And she says, no, first a Gibson, then offender. <laughs> you guitar people, that's for you. 
And anybody married to a guitar person. I was playing chess with my friend and he said, let's make this interesting. So he stopped playing chess. Okay. (laughs) Alice, my love, please come pray for us and lead us in the reading of the word this morning. Where did you get the guitar joke? Did Douglas give that to you? No, I found it. You found it. I'm sure he could relate to it. It would have been a better story if Douglas, (laughs) if you saw Douglas's guitar collection. Okay, let's focus into Papa, shall we again before we read the word? Thank you, Lord. Let your kingdom come again today, Father. And as we sit and stand here as your bride, get us ready. Get us ready for all that you would have. Let our our hard hearts be made soft. Father, make us strong. Father, help us to embrace those paradoxes of being soft and strong at the same time that we can only do through your Holy Spirit. And Father, I thank you that we, we praise you and we bless you every day. And we will not let the mortal frustrations, as we sang this morning, get in the way of our love for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of 1 Peter, chapter 3, verses 8 through 15. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Blessed be the word. Y'all can be seated. That whole passage is life-changing. Spend some time just hanging out in that passage this week because it really talks about how we should be living this life and it talks about, you know, what we should be taking in and what we should be saying and all those things. And I love that last passage that we're to be ready, always be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Always be ready. And that's where the title of the series has really come from. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have. And so we're going to spend some time digging into that together. Now, uh, as I move into that, and as we get ready to talk about hope, and we'll do that in this series, I want to set it up, laying a little groundwork, by talking about um, how things are happening right now culturally, and as believers, how we need to have to be, we need to be very careful, because the enemy 
um, is, is still here, right? So Jesus has done what he needed to do at the cross. The enemy is defeated but not departed. And what the enemy wants you to do is he does not want you as believers to live as small models of new creation. He wants to keep you stuck in the old ways of doing things before you came to know Jesus. When we're singing, get up out of the grave. See, that's what it, the enemy would like to keep you sort of in, entombed in the grave. But you have already defeated death as a believer. You're already experiencing your eternal life. You don't need to live in those things. So some of it, and Paul is always saying this, is how we look at things and how, how our minds are renewed. And so we need to be aware of how things are happening in the world and that the enemy is behind the systems in the world. He's the little G-God of the planet and he's got a lot of stuff in place that's impacting things. We can be aware of that. We know the bigger story and so we can just see those things happening. But we have to be careful that we don't get stuck in our culture because it does impact us and it impacts everything we do. So I want to start by talking about the motivations, um, the primary motivations in this world, in this culture. And I want to tell you where they came from, and then I want you to be able to recognize them. And really, I want you to start taking a hard look at, at the decisions and the actions in your own life to see if they're being impacted by these that we're going to talk about or the ones that God really wants us to be motivated by. And so if you remember back at the fall, the enemy introduces a couple of things. At that point in time, those two things are sin and death. And we've had this discussion numerous times, but let me just kind of touch on it, that these are more than activities or actions. Some people think, well, sin, is that just something I do? And that death is something happens to us biologically. But it's not what, they're actually powers that come into the world. The power of sin and the power of death. All right? And these things entered in at the fall, and they've been impacting you ever since until you come to know Jesus when he makes it possible to you be set free from those things. He, he does come and do that. His, it's an exodus for us. He delivers us from sin and from slavery and from death and all those things. He introduces the power of life, and everything can be changed for us, and so we have to be aware of that. But the enemy wants to keep you stuck in the way things were. That's what he does. He steals life from you. He doesn't want you to live in the fullness of life that you have in Jesus, because when you do, changes you, and he doesn't like that, and it impacts people around you for him, for the Lord, and he doesn't like that either, so he wants to keep you stuck, and so there's two big things that happen, sin and death, that, that we experience now, and the way that we tend to experience those things, those motivations, are greed and fear. Greed and fear. And these are the two big motivations in our culture. And you need to start looking for them because they show up everywhere. Now, let's just quickly talk about it scripturally. Let's talk about greed. Um, and then John tells us, John, 1 John 2, 15, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in him. And there it's talking about the system, the culture. For everything in the world. And then he breaks it down. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. Those three things are important. You should, you should write them down so that you can, because you're going to see them all over. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. So that's greed, and that's what's happening there. And greed is you know, sin, and where they're all tied together. Now, fear, first on, uh, we, we see this, 418. There is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And, and it's wrapped up in the death thing. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. So, so with that in mind, I want to take you back to the, the creation and to the fall in, in what actually happens. And I want you to be looking at the temptation of Adam and Eve. We're going to look at it together. And, and look for the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. I'll point them out to you. So uh, here's what happens. 
Genesis 3, 1 through 6. The serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Remember, we had this idea last week. I brought, you know, Adam was a gardener, and he knew these things, and God said, Everything's good, but stay away from that one tree. It's not, not good for you. The enemy says, Oh, you won't certainly die. The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, lust of the flesh, and pleasing to the eye, lust of the eyes, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, pride of life, she took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Now, I just want to emphasize that right there, because sometimes people will get stuck and say everything is Eve's fault. The scripture is very clear. Adam was right there during this process. He was with her. When you go and study that in the Hebrew, it's exactly what it means. And Adam, God had spoken to Adam. Adam was supposed to bring these things to Eve as well. He was right there. He should have done something about it. He didn't. The silence of Adam was as big a factor in the fall as everything else. So just make sure you're aware of that. So what moves them in that direction? Sin, greed. They want to be like God. They just say, oh, look, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Boom. There they go. Look what happens next. Verse 7. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together, and they made coverings for themselves. Shame just entered. And the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord said, I called him, where are you? And he said, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, and so I hid. Fear, that's a brand new thing. That's nothing they'd experienced before. It comes in with this whole process, sin, greed, fear, death. They've all entered the scene, and now everything has changed. And that's been the motivations that have been happening ever since. And what we have to do is we have to tune in so we can see how that's happening. So let me tell you a quick story or two. I always take a little too long on these stories, but it it was uh, this first one happened last year in March. And uh, Alice and I, just before the COVID thing happened, just days before, actually, we had a trip out to California for a meeting. And we flew out to California. And there in the airport, we met someone uh, there who was going to be on the same plane we were. Uh, he was flying out to do some work in California as well. And so we were sitting there chatting. And I know him from church. And um, in his background, he had some experience in the stock market. And his father was a stockbroker and all those things. Anyway, he's sitting there in the airport. And he's playing on his phone with an app called Robinhood. And... Uh, He's making money, just sitting there. And he kind of shows me, he just shares it with me. He wasn't bragging or anything. Look, I just did this, and I, I made 40 bucks. And then he, a little later, I, and I, oh, I made 50 bucks. And we saw him in the middle of the week, and he goes, oh, yeah, I made 700 bucks. And, and uh, I'm thinking, I need to learn how to do that. Because, I don't know about you, that would be really handy, right? Sitting on a phone, he's doing other things. He's been, and, and I, I sort of said, hey, can you teach me how to do that? And he went, no. And, uh... <laughs> Because it's, there's a lot to it, right? And, and I started, and he started, you know, give, he started trying to talk to me about things, and it immediately became a language I didn't understand, you know, puts and calls and shorting and longing. and uh, uh. So, I, uh, 
then COVID happened and we got really busy here and we were doing outreach all the time and life was crazy up, upside down for months. But then all of a sudden it kind of hit another groove uh, and in June sometime. So um, and we, so we couldn't meet like we were. We were meeting on the weekends. We couldn't do things during the week. So I had a, a little extra time. And uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a learner. I'm a, I, that's what I every every still every morning, even this morning, I take courses online, um, Bible courses and stuff. I want to learn. I've done that my whole life. I continue to do it half an hour a day. I want to keep my mind fresh and I learn. So I like to learn things. And if there's something I want to know about, I'll go and learn. And I thought to myself that whole stock market thing would be pretty handy kind of tool to have. And I had knew nothing about, not about it at all. So I, I'm going to take some courses. And you do. So I start taking courses and start trying to learn about, you know, calls and puts and futures and candlestick charts. And there's so much. And, and those of you that are really good at that, good for you. And, and, uh, I started trying to learn it. I took several courses, all those things. And ultimately, when I find out at the bottom of this thing, after taking some time and really looking at it, and the people even teaching the course would say, but ultimately, here's what's happening in the stock market. Here's what drives it. Greed and fear. Because I thought, well, it must be about the values of companies and stuff. Very little has to do with what a company is valued. It's what people think it's worth or not think it's worth. Greed and fear. And, and a perfect example is recently, the, the, I don't know if you saw it in the news, this stock GameStop, that little store, the GameStop store. It was trading at $3 a share, and it wasn't even worth $3 a share, and so people were trying to short it, big, big companies, and they were trying to drive the price down to probably what it should have been worth, $2 or less. And a, a bunch of other people online got together and said, we're not going to let that happen, and they started buying it and took that stock that wasn't worth $3. You know what they took it up to? 600 why? had nothing to do with the value. It wasn't worth it. What, but why? Because people were buying and selling. What was driving the whole thing? Greed and fear. Greed and fear. People buying, people selling, people buying. And the fascinating thing about it all is they're happening at the same time. Some people's greed is other people's fear. Other people's fear is other people's greed. And it's throwing them back and forth in this thing. And that's, what's ha- that's the main thing happening in the stock market. And you can actually watch it charting. You can see people's fear, people's greed, greed, fear, greed, fear. They're doing it constantly. Fascinated me. And, and I realized that this is because the culture... I've got to be careful I say this. The enemy's behind all of it. I'm not saying we don't have to operate in it because we live in this world. But we need to be aware of it so we don't get pulled into it. Greed and fear, greed and fear, greed and fear. That's what's happening all the time. And, and from that, the Lord really showed me, look, this is in everything in the culture. And you need to be looking for it because it will change your life. I do need to add as a caveat, uh, last year or so, after all those courses that I took and finding out what was going on, uh, I actually did make on Robinhood $7. <laughs> Thank you very much. So for all the study I put into it, maybe I, my return was a penny an hour. I didn't even pay for the courses. What am I talking about? So I got a 10.99 for seven dollars. Like, why did they send this? How much will the IRS want from that seven dollars? <laughs> anyway, that's I digress. So greed and fear, and so obviously it's, it, that whole thing is just not for me. But good if you can do it. That's great. It's just it's not simple, and that's okay. But it opened my eyes to that. You know, I understood it to a point, but it really opened my eyes to that. Um, another, let me tell you this. Let me tell you, this is about me. Take it how you, but, and don't take it personally if you don't, you don't need to, because I don't want cards and letters. Um, 2008, the Lord was very clear with me. He said, Steve, I want you to quit watching the 24-hour news stuff, because I had it on in the background all the time. And I realized it was impacting me in ways that weren't good, because it was constant... And it was 
putting opinions in me that weren't my own, that, that weren't the Lord's, and, and, it, and it caused this unsettledness. The only thing I did, it caused this unsettledness in here. And, and it's a fear thing that happens. And, and what I understand from that, and I think it continues, is um, all that stuff, it's, it's way more about entertainment than news. So hear me. Because what they're trying to do is keep you hooked in, and they're using fear buttons to keep you hooked in because they want to sell things. They sell commercial space, and it's very lucrative to them. And the more sensational they can be, the more people watch, the more money they make. Greed, and they're using fear to drive greed, and it gets everything caught into this circle. And it's bouncing back and forth. And all I want you to know is this. So for me, I, it's not like I don't want to know news. I do want to know what's happening in the world. But I want just a headline without an opinion. Because the Holy Spirit can tell me what's important when I, when I read a headline. And I don't want other opinions there. Because it's freeing. And any time, it still happens. Any time the news sneaks on around me somewhere, it hits me right here. And it stirs up this fear. And it causes me to... See, that'll spin your greed buttons because you'll hear something and all of a sudden it'll be, what does that mean to me? And I'm going to lose this and I'm going to lose that and these are going to happen here and that's going to happen there. It's a horrible way to live and it just gets ground up in the culture and it, there's no life in it. So we need to live differently. We need to be aware of that. And so those are just two examples. I promise you it's in everything culturally. So what are we supposed to do? What is our motivation as believers? So let me, let me go this way. Um, you, you remember the temptation I read about in the fall, right? And they bought in. Well, there's another time the enemy tries his trick. He, and these are his favorite tricks. He's going to try them on Jesus. Watch what happened. Matthew 4, 3 through 11. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. It's a lust of the flesh tactic. Because Jesus was hungry. Jesus said, it's, not, it's written, Man should not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, if you are, throw yourself down. For it's written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they'll lift you up in their hands, so you won't strike your foot against a stone. That's a pride of life thing the enemy's trying to do. If you really are who you say, you can do this. But Jesus said, you know, it's also written, don't put the Lord your God to the test. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor, lust of the eyes. I'll give you this, he said, if you'll bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it's written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. Why didn't the same temptations that the enemy had tried that worked so successfully on Adam and Eve and have worked so successfully on us along not work on Jesus? It's because Jesus isn't motivated by greed and fear. Jesus is motivated by love. And what you just saw was a love response to everything. It wasn't about what does it mean to me. It wasn't about a fear thing. It was a love response. Dear friends, First John 4, 7. Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. And if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him. 
and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. In this world, our motivation needs to be like Jesus. It needs to be love, not greed and fear. And really, we need to be looking at everything we do and questioning those motives because I'm, I'm, I promise you they're impacting you in ways that are stealing life from you, the life that you're supposed to have. And if you'll start looking at your decisions and your actions and ask yourself, honestly, is this a fear decision? Is this a greed decision? Or is this a love motivation? Is this what God would do in this situation? Is this what it looks like, what love looks like? Or is it not? And then, you know, get yourself challenged and ask Holy Spirit to help you to move in love. Now, how, how does that really happen? Well, it, the way that we get it going on, that we move from love to love from these other things, is knowing our hope, being really settled in the hope that we have. Because then it puts everything in perspective for us. Paul says in Romans fifteen thirteen, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Well, that sounds good, right? As you trust in him, not in anything else, not anything the world has to offer, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, that's how it's all supposed to work out in our lives. That's what we're supposed to be looking at as new, crea- as, as new believers, as believers in Christ. See, what happens is we're working models of new creation. It's fascinating how this all goes together. And as you see it developed, I think it will really change you. But for this week... Remember, there's something important here. See, why? What are we looking at? Why? Greed and fear or love. You become what you behold. And, and we need to make sure that we're beholding the Lord and what he's doing. We're becoming people of love, not caught in the culture, not being motivated by greed and fear, but by love. So I challenge you. you know, challenge yourselves. Look at those things and, and ask God to help you move in the right direction. It will change Everything about the way you live. And we're going to talk a lot more about this in the days ahead. But for today, that's enough. Alice, my love, why don't you come up? Let's pray. And uh, we'll dismiss. Get ready to do it again. Papa, you're amazing. Your love for us is amazing. The life that you want for us is amazing. And so help us to just press in for that. Let us not settle for something less. Let us not get so comfortable in, in the world that we live in that we forget that there's something so much better coming. And that, that we're to be the people who proclaim that. We're to be ready to give the reason for our hope. We're, we're to get ready to, to share your story and your gospel with the world around us. We're to be ready, God. So help us to get ready. Help us to live this amazing adventure you've called us to in ways that bring you glory. Help us to experience this full and abundant life that you have for us. And, and just realize what an, what an amazing adventure you've called us to. And God, to, to allow us to live free from all that mess that the enemy wants to keep us under. And so, God, I I pray that you would just strengthen us and and encourage us and open our eyes to see and our ears to hear all that's going on with you, that we might live it, God, to your glory. Alice.
Yes, Lord, let hope arise. I have a couple words, and one is from Miss Alicia. As she was praying, she felt like there's a gentleman, and and, um, you're a little bit stubborn, (laughs) but you still have a really good heart for God. And, and, And this is the scripture she gave me for you. The first one is, so you can relate to it, Hosea chapter 4, verses 16. Verse 16, the Israelites are stubborn like a stubborn heifer. <laughs> Don't be offended. How then can the Lord pasture them like lambs in a meadow? And this is, your, this is the answer the Lord has for you. Let me, Psalm 143.8, let me hear your unfailing love in the morning, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should walk, for to you I will lift up my soul. So you're stubborn, but you've got a really good heart, and just pour it out before the Lord, and he's going to lead you in the way you need to go. And then I had one this week. And I felt like somebody's walking through a really dark time. And I don't know specifically what it is. It might be work, but it might be an emotional situation. It's very dark. And I saw you with a Bic lighter. You were lighting to light your way. And the Lord just said, put it away. Because the floodlights are coming. You don't need to use that lighter. Trust in me, and I'm with you. And if any of those words, if either of those are for you, let them land on you like love. Take them into your heart and know that God sees you. He sees everything about you. Amen. Amen. Also, I had this, I start, that God wants to touch somebody's ankle. I don't know what that means, but it just kept coming over and over and over to me. If you've been dealing with an ankle situation, feel like God wants to touch and move on it. If, that's, if you're not here, maybe you're online, but it's something and that I just couldn't let go. So God, just bring healing right now into whatever that is and bless and change. Miraculously, I pray that situation in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much, everybody, for, um, for your goodness and your faithfulness to, uh, to giving unto the Lord. And uh, the ways to give are right there. Uh, and you can mail them in digitally. I, we did change the position of the offering boxes. And I didn't talk about this last week because it was busy. So let me just... There's, there's one down there, and there's two over there by the doors, and there's one over there by the front door on the way out, and there's one in the back. So whenever, if you feel like doing that, thank you, but you guys are amazingly generous, and we appreciate it. Also, um, all this journey starts by knowing Jesus, and, and the way that we get to that, connect with Jesus. You confess with your mouth, Jesus the Lord. You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. If you've never done that, start right now. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? Changes everything. And that's how it starts. If you do that, um, you can just go to the website, and it's a newbeliever.com. There's some information for you to fill out, a little form, and then I'll know, and there's some things to do, and that'll be great. Best decision you'll ever make. And that's that. Let's sing the doxology, and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad. Those doors will be open for you. Please go out that way. Give everybody lots of space, and we will see you very soon. 
And thank you for watching online. We love you guys. Uh, we appreciate you being there. It's fun knowing that you're watching and that you're a part. And uh, have a great week. Read that First Peter passage. It's amazing. And let it change you. Read your Bibles. Amen. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Amen. See you God soon. You Bye.